Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Come on, make some noise this morning. Man, I love that video because God is going to do something amazing today on Easter. And so happy Easter, everyone. We're so glad you're here today. And so, uh, man, clap if you're good looking, all right? Yes, come on. Thank you, all. It's hard. It's hard, right? It's never so glad you guys are here today. Again, my name is Pastor Jeremy. You just met my beautiful wife and favorite fair. But man, we're so glad you are here today. And man, we're celebrating Easter, but also after this worship experience, we're here for the Easter egg hunt right out, uh, right out at our Avenue Park, which is right behind us. And I got to tell you, everything that you see in this property from the parking lot all the way to uh, the sidewalk, to the lobby, down the hallway, coffee bar, host teams, even at the park right now. It's all because we have an amazing A-team. And so can we give it up for our A-team? They're incredible. Come on, make some noise for our A-team. I love them. And so we're excited. We're excited. And you could always help us to help us make a difference here at Avenue Church. Even in the lobby, I noticed our A-team set up sign-ups for the A-team because we never want to place people in positions. We want to place your gift. And we believe that God has called you for a greater purpose, that God has placed giftings on the inside of you. So let's slap the devil around and let's make a difference at Avenue in a local church right here in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm also pumped because we are live streaming on Facebook Live and YouTube, and that's because of your generosity. So again, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Matt, just two days ago, we got to celebrate Good Friday. And maybe you've seen it on social media. Maybe you've seen others talk about it. But man, maybe uh, you can identify with the, good, with the Good Friday. Good Friday means that Christ died on a cross. He was placed on that. He was crucified. By his stripes, we are healed. But what Good Friday means for us is when he died on that cross, that means that he paid a penalty of sin. That sin has a price tag attached to it. That that penalty of sin is, is sin's going, who's going to pay for this bill? Now, I don't know if you've ever been to a restaurant. If you ever sat in somewhere delicious like Cheesecake Factory or get yourself some barbecue. Come on, where's my barbecue people at? Where's my vegans at? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, vegans. We love you. More meat for us. But uh, if you're at a restaurant, you're sitting down with somebody and you're having a nice meal. Maybe there's multiple parties there and the waitress comes in and puts one bill in the middle of the table. How many know what I'm talking about? And you're kind of like, oh, that's fun, right? And so you're like, uh, I'll pay for my portion. No, I'll pay for everybody. I'll pay for everybody's bill. Now I want to help you out, ladies. I want to be your pastor. And so if you're a single lady in this place and you're on a date and you're with, uh, with, with a nice gentleman and the bill comes and he doesn't even look at it, you drop him, all right? That bill comes down and he's just kind of like, did you see the lights in here? And you're like, the bill's right there, homie. (laughs) Just walk away, right? Buy Felicia, go to the bathroom and take off. Get yourself an Uber, all right? God invented Uber for godly things. But one time my wife and I, we were having uh, a meal together at a restaurant. And finally I was like, hey, uh, uh, you've been an amazing uh, waitress, but can we get our bill? Can we go? And uh, she said, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. That gentleman over there, and just kind of pointed like 50 people, right? That gentleman over there paid the bill. And we went, really? Okay. Well, tell him I still want dessert. And <laughs> I, I got, now I know that's not, I don't do that, all right? <laughs> Y'all messed up. I like this service. (laughs) But how many know that sin had a bill that needed to be paid? 
But how ridiculous would it have been if we said, you know what, I don't want his charity. I'm going to pay for my bill. I'm going to pay for my portion. And how many know it's a bill that we cannot pay? It is a bill we cannot pay. And that's exactly what Jesus did. If you might say, I'm so full of sin, I messed up in my life, the waitress would say, excuse me, sir, and I'm here to serve you today. So I want to be your waiter to say, excuse me, our life may be in ruin, but that gentleman over there, he paid the bill. He paid it in full in Jesus' name. And so we celebrate Good Friday. We celebrate what Christ has done. But I'm here to tell you, you might say, what's the catch? What does he want for paying my bill? And I'm here to tell you, Jesus is not looking for perfection. He's not looking to just raise that standard in your life. Jesus just wants to be your friend, and he wants to be your Savior. I think that's a pretty good bill. Like, take all my bills, all right? Take my cell phone bill, my light bill, right? But he just wants to be our Savior, and he wants to be our friend. Do we identify with Good Friday? But I want to ask you today, if Friday took care of everything, then why do we need Sunday? Why do we need the resurrection? Why do we need Jesus to come back from the dead? And I pray that many churches in this Las Vegas Valley, all across the nation, they're, they're, they're telling us on why Jesus needed to rise from the dead. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus rose from the dead to prove who he, who, to prove he really is who he claimed to be. That my Savior is not a, a man who came to this earth and just talked the talk. He didn't say, yeah, I, I, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to buy that. Jesus was a Savior who walked the walk. He said, I will be, I will go into the courtroom and say, excuse me, I'll stand in the gap for that person. Excuse me, I'll pay the price for the penalty of sin and for the penalty of death. He backed himself up. That God, Jesus was dead and then he was alive. He was dead, and then he was alive. He came from the grave to conquer death for himself, and that's an amen right there, but also for you and I. But also for you and I. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, I love this. This is Jesus in the very last chapter of the Bible. He's, he's come back after the resurrection. He's speaking to John, and he says this, I am he who lives. And this is in Revelation, all right? I am he who lives. He goes, I was dead. He's kind of bogey. He's like, hey, come here. Check this out. I was alive. And then I died, but behold, I am alive forevermore. I'm alive forevermore. And this is Jesus. I like what he says. He says, amen. He's like, that's some good preaching right there. I'm going to amen myself. But he said, amen. I have the keys to Hades and to death. So when, on Good Friday, when Christ died, he went into hell. He said, ding dong, hello. He broke into the house of, of hell and took the keys from Satan. And he took the keys of death. You know what that tells me today? That Satan doesn't even have the keys to his own house. He's in a rental, baby. <laughs> it's about to be foreclosed. But keys tell me that keys unlock things. Keys unlock things. And so when Jesus went, took the keys to hell, and he took the keys to death, that means he wants to unlock freedom in our life. But the problem is, many of us we're walking around still locked up. We're walking around still locked up. And so I want to talk about that today is that, you know what, we, we celebrate Easter. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to celebrate Easter, but we've never experienced Easter. We're going to celebrate Easter, but many of us, we've never experienced Easter for ourselves. 
And so I want to begin to talk, ask you a question today. Do you know Christ? Do you know Jesus? Because here at Avenue Church, we want you to know God. We want you to get saved, but also we want you to be set free. We want you to be set free. That every number in this room is a name, and every name has a story. And in that story, God's going to use your story for his glory. That's a good preacher rhyming thing. So that's good, right? That's sweet of But God wants to use your story for his glory. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, I love this. It begins to say, I want to know him. I want to have the same power in my life that raised Jesus from the dead. Please hear my heart today. My heart is for not, I don't want you to know church. I want you to know Christ. I want you to know that he died for your sins, but that he unlocked some things in your life in Jesus' name. So my question today is, do you know Christ? Have you had that Good Friday experience? I love that bumper we just played where they were talking about, you know what, it's going from life to death. It's going from good to now it's dead. And then it reverses, right? It, it flips the script. Something changed. Something got resurrected, and it went from death to life. That's what God can do in our life. Then we're going to have a chance later in, our, in this service to raise our hand to say, you know what? I'm going to live and become alive in Christ Jesus. Because here's what I love about God, that that salvation moment, that Good Friday moment happens in a moment. It can happen in a moment. The moment you raise your hand, the moment you believe in your heart to say, God, be Lord of my life, that he's going to do it automatically, but then it's a journey that we're going to walk on. It's a process that we're going to take. But maybe for the rest of us, for the rest of us in this room, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you the question, do you know the power of his resurrection? Do you know the power of his resurrection? I'm here to tell you, I grew up in church. So every Easter, I would celebrate the historical reality of Easter. So on Easter, I'd be like, praise God. He died on the cross. And my mom would be like, we're going to watch Pastor of the Christ. Mom, I don't want to watch that right now. You know what I mean? Like, get the popcorn out. Mom, you're weird. <laughs> but we would celebrate the historical reality of, of, of Easter. That Jesus did die and he rose again. But many of us, we need to understand the reality of Easter for you and I. That here, I want you to understand that too many of us will walk around and say, I love God. God loves me, but my life is ruined. I, 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 don't get me wrong, I, I love Jesus, but my marriage is falling apart. Pastor, I, I love the Lord, but I'm just not enjoying life. I'm full of anxiety, full of worry, full of fear. I'm in control of everything, and since I'm in control of everything, I'm losing control of everything. That I love Jesus, but my life is in ruin. I hear so many say that, and that means we need to unlock the power of Christ's resurrection in our life. Now raise your hand real quick. Raise your hand if you're a fixer. You can fix things. Raise your hand. Raise it. Put it up high, please. I, need, I got your number. I need you. Anyone else? I, got, I need you in my life. Raise your hand if you're like me. You can't fix nothing. All right? Where you at? Where my people at? All right? You don't fix things. You break things for the fixers, right? We want to help you out. Now, I want to give you an example. Anything I try to fix, I end up ruining it. Quit laughing, please. Anything I try to fix, I end up ruining it. It's my spiritual gift. God gave it to me. For an example, we had to redo our backyard. 
in our backyard. We moved into our house by faith. We just said, you know what? God called us to the southwest part of town to start a church. And so we, we moved all the way across town. We didn't even know where our church was going to be. And we found a great house that, that just God began to provide for. But the backyard was unfinished, so it had nice dirt. All right, so my six-year-old back, like, can I play in the backyard? Yes, let me host down the dirt. You know what I mean? Like, let me rake the dirt for you. So we decided we're going to redo our backyard. So we got a walkway in, got some gravel in, some rocks. And my wife went away for a while. And I said, I'm going to surprise my wife because I'm a good husband, right? I'm going to surprise my wife. And so I'm going to go to Star Nursery and pick out all the plants she was talking about. I'm going to get some trees. I'm going to get uh, roses. I'm going to get some weird boogie plant that's called Bougavalia, you know, uh, lantanas. I'm going to get all that. So me and my son and a friend of mine got it all back to my house. And then, I don't know, I should get good merit for this anyways, but have you ever shoveled like a hole in Nevada? Like in, in the Midwest, you're like done, right? Like one scoop and you can bury a body, right? Here in Nevada, it's like concrete, isn't it? You're like, think, I quit. I ain't doing none of that. This is messed up. This is too hard. And so we, I, I got through the concrete, had to get a machine, and, and I plant all these flowers in. Me and my son are like, yes, it's going to be a good night in the Basma household. Come on, somebody. Okay. And so, <laughs> and so before my wife came in, though, my, uh, my gardener said, hey, you need to get something that's called shock therapy. The guy at Start Nursery. Get shock therapy because when you take a plant from the nursery and you put it in your in your in your in your yard, it's going to be shocked by the environment. And says, sure. So I got shock therapy, got water, kind of looked at it, said, oh, this is easy. I don't need to read instructions, right? I don't need to do this. All the fixer uppers are like, oh, you know, don't judge me, okay? All right? And so I, I I placed two cups in. I just put two cups in, mix it with a bunch of water because math right? And so I put it all in there, and I put it on all the plants, and I'm like, this is great. And so my wife came home, and I said, babe, I got a surprise for you. She's like, why? I go, the backyard. She's like, we did the backyard together. I said, no, got a little extra touch, all right? Your man made it happen. And so I opened the back door, and I'm being honest to me, I was supposed to put in two tablespoons, not two cups. So we walked in, and like, everything's dead. Like, a tree's dead. A rose is dead. She was like, did you get these at discount? I was like, baby, you know it. <laughs> what I try to fix, I ruin. I ruin. Another example is the front of our yard had a drip system, and it started kind of leak, like a little leak. And I said, baby, I'm going to fix that. I got this, baby. I'm going to fix this thing. And so I went to the front of the yard, and I took a shovel, and I was like, well, I can't see it, so I'm going to dig it up. And so I put the shovel right in, and I severed the, the drip system. It just water everywhere. It just I'm like, Lindsay, you know, <laughs> shut the water off. Why do I tell you that? Because I, when I try to fix things, I ruin things. And many times we feel like that in our own life. The pastor, I'm, a, I, I'm trying to fix my life, but I keep ruining it. I'm here to tell you only Christ can make dead things and make it alive. Yeah. Only Christ can take something that's ruined and he can create beauty out of it. I don't know if you've ever been to across overseas or, or maybe you see this old building and they're like, this used to be a cathedral. This used to be this elegant castle, but now it's all in ruins. It's, 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 it's you know, blocks are everywhere. It's dismantled. It looks crazy. But you know what? Well, here's what happened in history. They'll begin to build this beautiful cathedral, a beautiful castle, and they'll, they'll put so much work in it and then a fire. A fire would happen. It would tear down. 
So they would come in, they would build it back up, make it as nice as they can. All of a sudden, maybe a, uh, you know, a windstorm or, or, or some natural disaster breaks it down. And then, they, then they put it back together. And, then, and what happens is they get tired of rebuilding the ruins that they'll leave it alone. And so many times that can happen to us. You might say, Pastor, I'm so tired of trying to fix my life. I'm so tired of trying to rebuild. I'm so tired of doing the same thing over and over again and, 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 and still expecting a different result that I'm just going to leave it be. Here's the ruin in the definition of ruin in, uh, in Webster's Dictionary. It says something reduced to a state of decay. Something reduced to a state of decay. Of, uh, a, a, something that's collapsed or uh, dis, disintegrated. And sometimes that can feel like us. I can feel like our life, that God, I feel like I am decaying over here. I feel like I don't have purpose in my life. Here's the second definition, a disastrous disintegration of someone's life. My life is just destroyed. My life is just not being put together. That instead of fixing my life, I am ruining my life. But I'm here to tell you, folks, I'm here to tell you that Jesus, he died and he resurrected so he could take those ruins, those decays, and he can resurrect them again in Christ Jesus. Amen? Here's what Ephesians chapter 1, is. I'm going to prove it to you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 through 20 says, I pray that you'll begin to understand how incredibly great, you catch that? How incredibly great his power is to help those who believe him. God has not met his match yet. God has not walked up to someone's life and go, ah, oh, that's above my pay grade. I don't know if I could resurrect that much. But it says his power is incredibly great to help those who believe him. It is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. I'm here to tell you, the resurrection was not a one-time thing. God is resurrecting our marriages. God is resurrecting our lives. God is resurrecting our friendships. God is going to resurrect you. The resurrecting king is resurrecting me. And that's what it's about. I want to give you an invitation that's more than just an Easter service. I want to give you an invitation that can change your life, to see the ruins of your life come back to new life in Christ Jesus. And so I got four quick points for you today. So get out your iPhones. If you got a Samsung Galaxy, we're praying for you, brother. Come on, somebody. Get on Facebook Live, check in, but use this as notes. And I want you to write this uh, first one down. Stop dying. Stop dying. Because here's what 1 Corinthians, chapter, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15 says. I want you to catch this. He died for everyone. And sometimes we'll just read Scripture and we'll just kind of peruse over it, right? Here's what the Bible says. He died for everyone. He died for you and he died for me. He died for anyone who's walking through these doors. He died for everyone. So that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they'll live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. But check out this next verse. It says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. A new person. The old is gone. Did you catch that? The old is gone, and the new life has begun. Easter is not an event, but Easter is an invitation to a process for God wants to restore and rebuild your life. So if you're a dying person in this place today, the point number one, stop dying. Stop 
dying. You might be like, where's the deep stuff, Pastor? What, what kind of church am I in today? But I'm here to tell you, every week at Avenue Church, we're going to preach messages that are good for your Monday. We're going to preach messages that in the middle of Wednesday, you're like, I am so sick of this, but wait, I remember, I need to stop dying. I need to step into what God has for my life. I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, Easter is death working backwards. Easter is death working backwards. The devil said, yes, he is dead. Yes. And all of a sudden Jesus said, no, I'm alive and I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Easter is death working backwards. That Jesus is the only one who will not only fix our life, but he'll heal our life and he will give us new life in Christ Jesus. You might say, you know what, I, I don't know about that, Pastor Jeremy. I, I, you know, I got to tell you, it's one thing to see it in the Bible, but it's another thing to see it. Then in the past year of our church, our church is, what, 13, 14 months old. Our church is a year old. And I love that because we've seen dozens and dozens of individuals walk into our church to say, you know what, I'm going to stop dying. You know what? I'm going to make a purpose. I'm going to make a difference in this life because God placed purpose in my heart. I could tell you story after story after story. But you might say, Pastor, what's the catch? I'm here now, so tell me, what's the catch? i got to read John chapter 11, verse 25 to 26. It says this. Jesus said to Mary and Martha, he says this, I am the resurrection and I am the life. I am the resurrection and I am the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And that's talking about the physical death. That if we accept Christ, we're going, our bodies are going to physically die, and then we're going to go to heaven and have new bodies. Come on, somebody. Yeah, we're going to have CrossFit bodies in heaven, everybody. Okay. <laughs> and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. When we read that portion, that means we will not be spiritually dead. We will be spiritually alive. We'll begin to have that new life in Christ Jesus. But here's the catch. Do you believe this? I really want to stress, please, if you're a first-time guest or maybe you've been coming and just checking us out, I pray this is the place you can call home. But Avenue Church is a place where you can belong before you believe. We're not checking your ID and go, do you believe in Jesus? You can't come in here. But this is the place where you can belong before you believe. But there is power when you believe in Christ Jesus. That this is all it takes. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to raise the standard. You don't have to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to be super holy. The problem is, so many times we want to correct your behavior instead of correcting your heart. God says, if you believe in me, you believe in me with, my, with your heart. And if your heart follows, your actions are going to follow accordingly. That's what it's all about. That Jesus isn't looking for you to change your life. He's looking for you to give him your life. But God, I give you my life. And when we begin to do that, God begins to do number two. He begins to start rebuilding. Start rebuilding. Start rebuilding. I got to tell you this. Rebuilding is a process. Rebuilding is not fast food. Rebuilding is not, come on somebody. But rebuilding is a process. That we have life change that happens at Avenue Church. And I'm here to tell you, every time I hear a story of life change, it's, it's, it's always, hey, it, uh, when I came through, the worship caught my attention. 
Man, when I came here, my group, I got into a group. It was hard to kind of get into a group, but after week after week, I have a group. We have groups all over uh, the city, and people say, because of men and women around me, I am in my process. I am rebuilding my life. Notice they don't say the sermon. I don't understand about that, but that's okay. It's all right. But that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. That God wants to use others to find healing and freedom in your life. Our vision here at Avenue Church is we want you to know God. We want you to know God. In the worship experience, the parking lot, the sermon, the, the sermon be, begins before the service, and that's out there. We want you to know God, and only then will you begin to find freedom. You begin to unlock some things in your life that God says, I'm giving you freedom in your life. You don't need to live locked up. So you have freedom in your life. But then we want to find purpose. That God has placed purpose in your life. We want to discover your purpose. Then we want you to make a difference. If you see in this, in this entire place, we got teenagers serving at Avenue Kids. We got people up here in the band, young adults. We got the baby boomers. Come on, somebody. Why? Because every single one of us can make a difference. There's a gentleman in our church. He, he came to our church last fall. And his story is just amazing. But he came to our church last fall. And for the very first time, he came and he was angry. He was upset. But really, he didn't know it, but he was living dead. And when he came in, he was just so angry that morning. And, and so I get up here in the pulpit, and I said, the title of my sermon today is, You Mad Bro? <laughs> Everybody laughed, but he was going, yes, I am. And begin to watch him give his life to Jesus Christ. To begin to walk him, watch him go on that, that journey, that spiritual process of just taking a step. It's not raise your hand or, come on, we're going you know, to take you. It's going to be crazy. What we want you to do is we want you to take a step. Every single one of us, we're all a step that we have to take. Some of us need to take a step in following Jesus. Some of us need to take a step in water baptism. Some of us need to take a step in, you know what, I'm going to get involved in growth track. But as we begin to rebuild his life, you want to begin to see. I begin to see as God rebuilded his life, God rebuilded his marriage. God rebuilded his family. God rebuilded his friends, and God began to rebuild those all around him. Do you understand the influence that you have in your life when people said, I know you, you were dead, but something's different. You must be alive. Jesus is doing something in your life. So we got to start rebuilding. I want to give you a challenge today. Here's my challenge. Will you give us, will you give Avenue Church, will you give God one year of your life? Will you give him a year of your life? Now, I'm here to tell you, it probably won't take that long. But in one year, will you begin to watch God change your life? Will you begin to watch God take ruins in your life? And sometimes we're real comfortable with those ruins. You're like, give me my broken sculpture. And God's saying, no, I have something new for your life. And begin to watch God change your perspective. Begin to watch God take you from death into life. I'm here to tell you that grace will meet you where you are, but it will never leave you where it found you. It'll never leave you where it found you. What does that mean? That means this is the place you can come as you are, come as long as you like, no charge for anything here. But I'm here to tell you that God has big plans for your life. That God's going to say, yes, I'm going to meet you right where you're at, but I'm going to pull you out of that grave. I'm going to pull you out of that miry clay. I'm going to pull you out of that valley. And I'm going to begin to open up your eyes to the things that God has planned for you and only you. God has made you unique. God has made you on purpose and for a purpose in Christ Jesus. So that's my third point is stop doubting. Stop 
doubting. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. This is where we get most of our vision from. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, for we are God's workmanship. I love that translation, right? We are God's workmanship. We're not trash, everybody. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Listen to me, folks. If you're here today and you say, man, this is it home for me. At the end of the service, I'm going to raise my hand and I'm going to give my life to Christ. God doesn't then just reach down and go, okay, um, you just gave your life to Jesus. I don't have any plans for you because you are just so terrible and you are so wrong. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says before God placed you on this earth, he put purpose on the inside of you. He created you for good works, for his praise and his glory. And I think that's some really good news. That's awesome. We got to stop doubting. We got to stop doubting. If I could tell you my story just real quick. When I was uh, 18 months old, just a little baby, I had what's called spinal meningitis. And back in the, uh, in the 80s, that was a, a child killer. A lot, of, a lot of children lost their lives to spinal meningitis. So I was placed in the hospital at a high fever. My mom had her group and her community and her church praying for me. She had an older son, but if you know him, she was like, Lord, I need a good one. Come on, somebody. <laughs> That's messed up. I love you, John. I love you, brother. So I had spinal meningitis, and I slipped into a coma. But how many know, on the third day, I rose again. Come on, somebody. That's right. That's a stop. Stop. That's messed up. I just wanted to be like Jesus, all right? But really, on the third day, I woke up, and uh, they're like, he's healed. Back in the 80s, they're like, he's alive. Take him home. No car seat, right? Just take him home. Just take him. And I say that because it wasn't until I was three years old they discovered I'm hard of hearing. So from 18 months to three years old, I got a lot of spankings and a lot of, huh, right? But I was thinking, oh, I like that. That's nice. <laughs> Thank you, church. I had like half laughter and half, oh, <laughs> calm down. So I, I, and I lost my hearing. So I'm deaf in this year, and I'm actually 60% deaf in this year. So I wear a hearing aid this year to help me, to help me out. And so throughout my life, I would be in speech therapy, learning how to talk, I was in speech therapy all the way up until high school. And that was a, a moment in my life where they're like, time for speech therapy. I'm like, shh, don't tell anybody. And I'm like, keep, let's keep it calm. But throughout my life, I had to learn how to talk, learn how to enunciate, learn how to say words, and begin to learn that process. I remember going on a youth retreat. And that's why we have summer camp for junior high and high schoolers this, Jan, uh, this July, excuse me, this July in California. Teenagers, we're getting you out of town, all right? It's going to be 120 degrees. We're getting out of here. We're going to help you out. But I was on a youth retreat, and God spoke to me. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want anything to do with God. But he spoke to me. And God said, I'm going to call you to be a pastor. I remember arguing with him. Don't argue with God. But I'm sitting there at the altar, and he said, Jeremy, I've called you to be a pastor. I said, no, no, no. I can't speak English. Like, I'm not bilingual. <laughs> I can't speak English. I have a hard time with my words, and you want me to speak to people. And going through that process, I had to learn to not doubt myself and not doubt the plans that God has for my life. That in that process, it's just been amazing to see what God can do in us. That over a year ago, 
uh, my wife and I and 85 adults, now that number has doubled, we started a new life-giving church in the southwest part of Las Vegas, and it's been extraordinary to see what God has done, over 200 salvations, over uh, all kinds of people in the A-team. Why? Because God is going to do what he's going to do. God's going to take the broken pieces and the ruined things in our life, and he's going to redeem them for his praise and his glory. That is why, uh, starting tomorrow, we're going to do the Duncan party, but we're going to start a brand new series called This Is Me. We're going to begin to talk about those broken pieces in your life. We're going to begin to talk about you for the next couple of weeks and begin to see what God can do in your life. So watch this real quick, and I want to invite you back next week. This is me. How many know that's a very popular song right now, but we're going to redeem that song, and we're going to resurrect that song, and we're going to say, you know what? This is me. I won't be scared to be seen. Why? Because God has a plan for your life. I even love this. It says, because we don't want your broken parts. No one will love you as you are. How many know God's going to take those broken parts, he's going to heal those parts, and he's going to use them to resurrect something new inside of you. So come back next week. Turn your neighbor and say, you coming? You coming? All right, so make sure we're back next week. And here's my last point. My last point is start living. Start living. I want you to start living. Start living. The old is gone and the new has begun. That we have people all over this, this worship experience, people in the hallways, the sidewalks, people right here on the stage behind me that say, you know what? We were once dead in our sins. We were once spiritually dead, but now we are, we are now alive in Christ Jesus. Now I want to tell you this. The ruined lives are now being picked up, cleaned up, and now they're being used for new life. They're being used to reach others. They're being used to reach those that are close to you but far from God. What an honor it is. What a privilege it is. But please hear me out. That Jesus doesn't come to make bad people good. That's not in our vocabulary. You will not hear that here at Avenue Church. If you walk through these doors, and I've heard this before, like, I thought the building burned down. I thought, like, I had, a, like, a mark on my forehead, and they know who I was. They checked my ID. That's not what it's about. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people and make them alive. Can we start living again? Can we begin to see what God's going to do? in our life. The next week we have our annual Dunkin' Party because we're a church. We believe in donuts. Come on, somebody, right? <laughs> Avenue runs on Dunkin', okay? <laughs> but it's such an amazing experience. If you've ever seen water baptism, we have a big old tank and we're putting it outside in our amphitheater. It's a big uh, an event that we do and it's starting next week. But our Dunkin' Party, not only going to have a donut, but we're going to celebrate those that said, you know what? I was ruined. But now I am alive in Christ. I was dead. But now God's given me purpose. And now I'm on my spiritual journey. 
And you're going to see people get in that water baptism tank, and they're going to get in that water. And they're going to plug their nose. And when they go backwards, that means, you know what? I'm putting to death my sins. You know what? I'm putting to death all that filth and that guilt and that shame. And I'm going to wash, I'm going to be washed clean. And I'm going to come out as a new create creation in Christ Jesus. I am now alive again. And when people come out of that tank, we clap, we celebrate, we high five. They're all wet. We're hugging wet people. Why? Because we're celebrating new life in Christ. Back in the old days, they didn't have those fancy baptism tanks, but they would get in the river. I love this illustration of how do, how do we start living again? They would wear these ruined clothes, dirty clothes. They were, they were different color or discolor. And they would get into the water and they would go backwards in the tank and they would get dunked. And, and as they come out, they would peel off the ruined clothes. They would peel off those discolored clothes. And underneath, they had nothing but white garments. And so they would take all that off. And that represented saying, God, I'm giving it all to you. I'm giving you my shame. I'm giving you my guilt. I'm laying it at the altar of your feet. I am now washed clean. I am now white as snow, pure as gold. But here's what they did back then. They could do it back then. They would let their garments flow up down the river, never to be seen again. See you later. I am not identified by that. That is not who I am. I am now in Christ, a new creation. The water is not the, the powerful thing. Resurrection is. The resurrection power in Christ Jesus. But many of us, we stop. This is where we stop. Many of us will say, I'm, I'm going to stop dying. You know what? I'm going to start rebuilding. Sometimes we can kind of fall into those old habits. I'm going to be in control. I'm going to fix it. But then we stop doubting. We begin to believe in what God can do in our life. We begin to relinquish all control and say, God, you're in control of my life. I'm going to go on a spiritual journey with you, with my church, in my group. I'm going to get involved, start serving at Avenue. But the last point is, can we start living? But many of us, we have a hard time living because we're buried alive. Back in the 1800s in England, they had so many deaths back in those days, mostly because of lead poisoning. But there's so many people die in one time in the 1800s that they would go into the graveyard and they would bury out old graves. They would pull out the old casket and they would open it up and take all the old bones out. They would put the bones in a bone yard or in a bone house. But you know what they found as they began to dig up Old, I know, that's disgusting, huh? They were big, and they, were big. they would grab these old bones out. And they would find that one out of every 25 casket has scratch marks in it. And they began to realize that one out of every 25 people, they would bury them alive without knowing. They were like, are you okay? Like, they didn't have machines back then, you know, like, good luck, you know. So they called a term called the graveyard. And many of us, we know the graveyard shift as, you know what, I'm going to work all night long and I'm on the graveyard shift. We have some amazing people in our church. They'll work graveyard on Saturday night and they'll come here at like 7 a.m., 7 8 a.m. and they'll serve coffee. They'll serve in the hallway. They'll greet you. And they'll be like, I've been up for 25 hours. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're like, you are alive in Christ for sure. But they called it the graveyard shift because they would take bells. They would attach the bells into the buried graves of the new bodies. And it was typically two guys would wait all night long. Can you imagine that job where you're like, did you hear something? No, okay, I didn't hear anything either. I think that was a car. Was that a bell? 
But anytime they heard, anytime they heard a bell, that meant somebody was buried alive. So they would grab the shovels and they would get the grave out and they would try to rescue that person and pull that person out and make that person alive again. Why do I tell you that story? Because when I heard that story, I said, man, there's so many of us we're buried alive. We're overwhelmed with, with guilt, overwhelmed with shame, overwhelmed with just life, that we're buried alive. But I'm here to tell you that we're not on the graveyard shift. Jesus is. That Jesus is standing by and he's looking at every life here in this building today and he's saying, I'm waiting. I'm ready. I'm ready. If you're dying, stop dying. But let's begin to rebuild your life. Let's begin to take away that doubt in your life. See what I can do with your life. If you want to give up, man, ring that bell and I will rescue you and I will make sure you have new life in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Jesus died in your place. Jesus didn't need a bell, but he went and got the keys to hell and to death so he can unlock eternal life in you and I today. So I'm going to ask you today, have you had your Good Friday experience, but also have you had a resurrection power experience in your life? That if you're here today, please ring that bell in your heart. Ring that bell and say, Jesus, I'm buried alive. I'm so full of guilt. I'm so full of shame. I keep looking back in my past. But God, today, I'll ask you to set me free. I'm tired of the walls closing in. I'm tired of that. I'll, just everything overwhelming me in my life. But today, I give you my life. I don't want to be buried alive. I want to have eternal life in Christ Jesus. So let me pray with you today. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I would just love to pray with you. Dear Jesus, thank you for every single person that's here today. I'm so grateful that they're here today. And God, I pray in Jesus' name, help us to have a Good Friday experience. That God, today we celebrate what you did for, you, for us. But God, not only do we celebrate it today, but I pray that this will be the Easter in 2018, will be the day that we experience Easter. We begin to experience the resurrection power of Christ in our life. That, Father, you were raised to new life. And so, Father, I want to give an invitation today and to invite every single person to take their next step. Every single person to know God, to find freedom, to discover their purpose, and to make a difference. And maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. Maybe you're here today and you feel like you're buried alive. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, help me. God, I give you my life. Be Lord of my life. I want to stop dying and I want to start living in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand to say, Pastor, will you pray that prayer with me? When you raise your hand, I want you to understand, you're not joining our church. You're not stuck here, but we want to help you. And I want to love to have the honor to lead you in that prayer to introduce you to Jesus. I would love the honor to say, man, I'm going to start my spiritual journey for Jesus unlocking freedom in my life. Whatever head, whatever eye closed, if that is you, will you raise a hand for me today? 
Will you raise your hand? Keep it up just for a second. Yes, 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 yes. Look at all those hands. I love all those hands that are up right now. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up. Anybody else? That's a ton of hands. Church, can we clap for just a second? Can we celebrate for just a second? Come on. Thank you, God. Come on. Because every hand that is raised means that's your story. Your story is going to be for his glory. So every head bowed, every eye closed, with every single person, pray this prayer with me. Because here at Avenue Church, you're not going to run this race alone. You're not going to take your next step alone. But we're going to do it together. So everyone say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me right where I'm at. I give you my life. I want to stop dying. And I want to start living. So forgive me of my sins. And wash me clean. That Jesus... Today, you were raised to new life. So today, raise me to new life. In Jesus' name, I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, everybody shout it. Come on.